Welcome back to the PCS Podcast, your home for all things competitive Pokemon TCG. In this episode, we're going to be going over the uh, Fukuoka um, Champions League results, talk about some new cards, and wrap the show up with predictions for Utrecht. Uh, I am your host, Drew, and with me today is Justin Pokebrews and Nick Darkbear Dojo. How y'all doing today, guys? I'll tell you, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like... Legit though, I'm. I'm. If you guys can't hear it in my voice, uh, a little sick, but uh, decided to make it here for the pod. My uh, my daughter had a, a fever over the like last forty eight hours, and she finally broke it, but uh, passed it on to me. So that started today after being at work for like twelve hours for the last two days straight. So it's been a uh, it's been an interesting week so far. But outside of that. Um, Played in a League Cup this past weekend, got top four there, got knocked nice. out top four. Um, I, I was actually set in top cut to do well. I didn't hit the one Gardevoir player um, and hit them in top four. And they're like, the, in my opinion, the best Gardevoir player in all of Florida. Um, just the dude absolutely kills it. I think he's got like five of his six uh, five, like first place cup finishes, constantly days two. He's been on Gardevoir since day one. Insane player. Um, so... Didn't feel it felt bad not to go to finals, but getting knocked out by him was like just I, it was a no brainer. Um, it was the same 60 as Knoxville as well. And then before that, on last Thursday, I played in a challenge, played Reggie Drago V star with uh, <laughs> Klefkies. Uh played played it for the memes because it was a local challenge. Did absolutely horrible. Um, I, I highly recommend playing a really bad deck to a local challenge if you haven't in a while because it'll make you appreciate the good decks a lot more. <laughs> But um, outside of that, I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna see how I feel in the morning. But uh, how are you guys doing, Nick? My back is broken. <laughs> my, my back is broken. Broke do you guys back not know? Do you not? Do you guys not know <laughs> them? That's very good. Do you guys not know that Mike Tyson clip where he's being interviewed no. like after a fight? He's like in the ring and he's he's. He's like, ah, oh, my, my back is broken. And, and the guy interviewing them has no idea what to say, just like you guys. It's like, my yeah. back is broken. He's like, what, what do you mean? Is like, did you hurt something? Is it a vertebrae? Spinal. And that's. <laughs> oh, my God. So. I've not seen that. It sounds hilarious, though. Just Google Mike Tyson, like YouTube, Mike Tyson spinal. It's very funny because you can see the guy interviewing. You don't want to make him mad. <laughs> you don't want to like ask too many questions. He's Mike Tyson. He will murder you. Um, Mike Tyson now is super chill, and I and I absolutely love him. But Mike Tyson then not the dude you want to mess with. Uh, so I, you got to watch that clip. It's very funny. But my back really does actually hurt. I heard it at the gym, so I, I felt it was appropriate. This isn't going Getting well old. when you guys don't get the jokes. <laughs> like when I got to describe them. I, but your algorithm shows you things about fighting. My algorithm shows me things about Halo and Pokemon cards. So we, it's, it's it's social media. That's what's poisoning. It's such a joke. famous clip, though. <laughs> in the like fighting the like, fighting I, world, I, I, world. I, I guess maybe yeah there's a lot of stuff i haven't seen um which is I, really funny because i feel like on multiple occasions i've asked you to fight me <laughs> I've, I've gotten a lot of requests for people uh to to fight them which i don't know why i fight a lot <laughs> I, we just want to feel something yeah that, that's what you say that is what i say but otherwise, I guess I'm fine. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. just working, going to the gym, training, training a lot. One of my friends, she's competing in what's called the super fight um, in a couple of weeks. So I was at her gym helping her train. Um, I got a, maybe like seven or eight students who were fighting in a tournament, um, and I'm so I'll be coaching all of them. So that's going to be an incredible day. That's happening at the end of March. So. You know, it's really just a lot of a lot of jujitsu, a lot of yeah. a lot of training. You've been posting a lot of videos on your Instagram too of your fighting and techniques and stuff, and that's really cool. My wife makes all those videos. She loves to do it. And let me tell you, thank God because I'm terrible at it. Anybody who's ever watched <laughs> one of my YouTube videos knows I'm not good at editing. I'm not creative like that. I just don't have the like my brain doesn't work that way. And uh, 
yeah, so she, she she makes them and she does a very good job, and I love her very much. That's awesome. <laughs> what so, a plug! What a plug! I mean, she doesn't listen um, to this, so I, I don't like have a <laughs> I don't have to like cover myself and be like, yeah, no, I, she's she's great. How are you doing, Joe? <laughs> I'm great. I I got to play real cards on Saturday, uh, for the first time since like the last week of October last year, and that was so much fun. I missed all my friends. Nice. I very nice. was very rusty. I haven't played in a best of three in a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, you kind of forget what the fatigue is like. And the whole shop, I mean, 12 out of the like 18, 19 players that were there decided to all play Mew VMAX because apparently people will miss that deck. And I, not having that many cards or decks at my disposal right now or at least not for this format um i i decided to play decidue ex and that <laughs> just, oh. i i went to i went two and two it was fine um but mew is very hard because genesex have resistance to grass and um yeah resistance to fighting decidue so that was lit tough but it was still very fun to play did you at least play like a um, a Drapion or a Spear Tomb or something just for the lulz? I I meta gamed. I heard that there was going to be Mew, so I did play a Spear Tomb, which slowed it down. But like Fusion Energy exists, so yeah, they're playing like, that like hybrid build now. It seems yeah, like, but, but they were like teching for each other too. Like there was a guy with a Mew list, and he had two Drapion in his own deck, <laughs> so that he would win the mirror. And it was just like you guys are garbage humans the, the local <laughs> champions yeah exactly there were no points on the line nothing special it was just um it's just the nighttime <clears throat> tourney on saturdays i do agree with that if you play muse if you still play mew trash person <laughs> i will i will i stand by that yeah um but next time i won't play a meme deck and I'll have a lot more fun, hopefully. Um, but it was still a good time. I got to open up a Series 4 prize pack. That was dope. Nice. Very nice. Nice. Pull anything cool? Ultra Ball. And okay. Archaeops. Yeah. Hey, oh, there you go. That actually works mm. really well into the next section, the next segment. It does. That, that is a great segue into our next segment. Um, the Fukuoka Champions League. Nailed 200 2655 masters this entire tourney was won by a deck that we haven't seen win something in a very long time uh piloted by uh Daitsuke Kubo Lugia V-Star featuring the new uh Cinchino or Chincino or Cinchino however you say that pokemon's name there's too many c's um that does 70 times the amount of special energy that's attached to it. And we are also seeing Ace, uh, the Ace Spec Master Ball featured here, and that wonderful new, like, Mist Energy, I think that's what it's called. That's basically yeah. like um, yeah. Big Parasol, but for the Pokemon that it's attached to. Um, you love to see it. Something different, something new, but something also very much so the same. Anyone have any particular thoughts? I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see Lugia back in the spotlight. It's a deck that I really enjoy playing because it's pretty easy. I feel comfortable with it. Uh, I've played a lot of Lugia, so happy to see it. And I, I'm really more excited for a card that we're going to talk about later being slotted into Lugia. So a little, a little foreshadowing of uh, what's to come later this episode. Yeah. Yeah, sure, and I just yes. I I like the list. I think it's it, for especially for a new format. I think it's built like really consistent as far as like its draw supporters and stuff. And it's like not really teched out uh, too crazy by any means. Um, so it's just meant to. I feel like just go do what it's supposed to do. Um, one of the cool things is uh, the first place list plays a copy of Master Ball as a spec, which was um, you know. The card everyone was like, really? This card got printed? It's it's trash. And here it is taking, you know, in the first place list. So um, not prime catcher like everyone thought was going to be the end all be all of the uh, the A specs. So just really cool. Um, cool inclusion of the list. And yeah, we haven't seen 
Lugia really do anything spectacular in a while, um, other than a day two at Knoxville recently, or not Knoxville, maybe it was the other one. But, um, I mean, yeah, so see it take a first place in this new format is pretty cool. I do want to say when it comes to the ace specs, and, and Drew, I don't know if this is what you are about to say, you have individuals like Joe from Omnipoke who have been kind of collating all of the data regarding which decks are utilizing which ace spec the most. And it's pretty, at, at the moment, it's established, or it's pretty commonly established that uh, Lugia does use Master Ball. That's the ace spec of choice for this particular deck simply because you are very reliant on getting that Archeops and Lugia V-Star. So that's really cool. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting to see that already there's these kind of established decks that all these a specs will go in. And obviously prime catcher is going to fit into the most number of decks, but Still really cool. Uh, some of the other decks we'll talk about utilize different aspects as well. So I think it's really great to see, especially so early on. So I'm very happy to see that. Uh, one last thing I'd like to say about this Lugia list is that there's no Professor Burnett. So there's no way to instantly discard your Archeops from your deck, which personally is a little scary, but I love it at the same time because if you don't use it, or especially at the beginning of the game, it's such a dead card later on and you kind of hate to draw it. So now you can go ahead and play something like Jacques, which this does have a one of, where you search a deck for two evolution Pokemon, put them into your hand. So now you can play that one of Jacques and then get your two Archeops and discard them with the Ultra Ball. This also lets you get your Sincino, it lets you get your Lugia V-Star. It's a little bit more versatile of a card, especially in that early game. So kind of interesting to see a little bit of a change up there in terms of support account yeah um yeah. i think that burnett does rotate yeah it's oh, is that yeah. Those? the unions and the v unions yeah tied to that same block well looks like you don't need it either way it's, it's still one so whatever <laughs> whatever man a uh, spec battle compressor will come back you know <laughs> we won't need burnett anymore oh that would be cool it would be interesting for sure. Um, no, I like the list. Uh, one thing that I think gives Lugia a huge advantage coming into a format like this is if its main attacker is the uh, the Cincino that does 70 times the special energy attached to that Pokemon, it evolves from the Mincino that has Call for Family. Um, if you've ever played Lugia and you're on the train of cutting nest balls in order to um, use the other diverse ball search like Capturing Aroma, Great Ball, what have you, um, you find yourself in predicaments where you might not get enough basics down to really sustain a game plan if you get turn one knocked out by Raikou, Maridon, insert lightning Pokemon here. Um, and now you're leaving a single prizer in the active and you're able to really establish a board state with something that could attack for a colorless and get more Pokemon down onto the field. And I think that that is a huge leg up. Um, it's not going to be super sustainable for a long period of time because that one did come out in Silver Tempest. But um, obviously, Lugia won't have to worry about that because th that card will rotate with it. So, um, But right now, Lugia is good. No path, no Maridon for the moment. And uh, seems like a good time to play this specific deck. I, for one, am very excited about second place. Uh, played by... Uh, Shintaro Fukui, and it's Arc Vulpix, man. <laughs> and I, when I thought that um, Arceus could potentially be 100% dead without Path, um, and Roaring Moon just absolutely running rampant, um, it finds a way to be good. Uh, Melanie doesn't exist, so you can't really multifacet some water energy acceleration in a list like this. Uh, and get Vulpix set up solely without Arceus, but you're running two Professors Truro to give yourself a little bit of sustainability, uh, taking damage things off of the field, giving yourself um, nothing on the bench for them to rope or not rope, but like Catcher or Iron Bundle off of the bench to reset Vulpix's ability. And I, I really like this list. It does use Prime Catcher as a Zay spec, but I can't really think of another one in this particular list that would be more effective than this specific card um anyone with any other thoughts on this list 
Not really. It's, um, it's pretty straightforward. I kind of like. I kind of like it. Uh, I'm a little surprised to see Arceus do so well, but uh, I know you know. Like you said, you're a big Arc guy, so I'm sure you're very, very excited for this. Um, yeah, it's Arc Vulpix. It's it's really it's not special in any way, in my opinion. It's just like another deck that kind of wants to do what it wants to do and and has its matchups. So yeah. Yeah, I'm more or less oh. surprised than I am like excited, um, but I just like diversity and to see two decks that haven't really won anything in a minute when like do pretty good in a new format. Justin, go ahead. Um, well, yeah, the one of the decks that like on paper going in the next format seems like really really strong is something like Charizard DX, um, and with Volpix being able to block off abilities, it it really does make a really good wall um, Pokemon for that as well as a handful of other decks too. Um, but one of the cool things that I do like about this list is um, it does play the two count of Professor Turos. So that way it can, um, if you do get in a situation where you're up against nothing, a deck that's nothing but uh, abilities, you can literally pick up your Pokemon and just leave a Vulpix out there taking attacks while your opponent can't do anything. Um, as well as something like the Eerie, um, one of the new cards from this new set uh, that discards two item. You look at your opponent's hands and discard two item cards from their hand. So if you're worried about like some kind of weird counter catcher play or cross switcher play, um, you can actually use that and uh, disrupt your opponent. So um, really cool. Like just the way it's built is just kind of unique. Um, you know, it's it's like how it was in the past, but with a lot a lot of new updates. The Lost City is very interesting too. So, say they do have an attacker that doesn't have some or it has a, doesn't have an ability, you could take a knockout on that with a Lost City down, uh, getting rid of their only potential attacker. Um, so it's just really cool. And then um, same thing. It's also playing Mist Energy. Roaring Moon's still so big, uh, so why not use that as well to just not allow your opponent to knock you out one shot with uh, Roaring Moon? So. Uh, really cool list, and yeah, it's just different. It's something I wouldn't have expected, but when you, you look at some of the, the top decks right now, um, or at least what was predicted to be the top decks, uh, Volpix kind of made sense. Yeah, this one looks like an Alex Shermansky special, and I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to play it. Um, <laughs> some other archetypes that I want to mention from the same top 16. Um, Lost Box definitely made itself um, a... I don't want to say a strong contender, but a very um, interesting contender at best. No escape rope makes the um, Mirage Gate list seem a little bit spooky, but here you see that they play four Super Rod, an Iron Bundle, which is essentially um, an escape rope type card that it discards itself every time you use its ability. And it's not something that you have to play from your hand. Um, you just put it down on the bench, and when you feel like sending one of your opponent's bench Pokemon into the active, you can most certainly just do that. Uh, it also features Iron Hands and Roaring Moon and Raikou, which uh, hasn't really been seen so much uh, since uh, Iron Hands has kind of taken that slot as the lightning attacker, but there is just no more efficient basic lightning attacker than Raikou is in this particular format. And I am genuinely surprised that there is a Lugia that won this whole thing with a deck like this kind of floating around in top 16. Um, nonetheless, Lost Box with Buddy Poffin losing VIP pass seems like it's not going to miss very much. No, but Buddy Buddy Poffin, I think is honestly an upgrade in a way. Uh, you can find those Cramorants. You can find those Sableyes. Uh, you need to get that Comfy later in the game because your opponent knocked out one or two. That Buddy Buddy Poffin uh, is pretty solid. It's Honestly, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to play, you know, turn 9, turn 10, most likely, uh, unless you are finally looking for that Sableye. But, you know, how many times you find the Battle VIP pass turn 2 and you're like, well... I guess I can't get two more Comfies. Uh, you have the Nest Balls to find your Pokemon V and EX, so you don't really have to worry about that. Um, yeah, it's... It, Buddy, Buddy Poffin won't even get you Sableye. It only gets you 70, 70 HP. 70 HP. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's four Basic. Dedicated oh, man, so it's just to get... How much does uh, Iron Bundle have? It has to be more than 70. Iron Bundle. I think it's 120. 120. 120. Interesting. Like 
All right, so you're just getting comb for you all for this, but still, that's that's you need that turn one, turn two. So yeah, it's super important, especially. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, with no escape ropes. Yeah, it's literally there just for the um, turn one setup, and then you treat it just like a battle VIP pass. I think after after the fact, if you you hit it on a, a chorus, you you just yeah, lost zone it like you would a battle yeah. VIP. Okay, well then I take back everything I said. I thought it was I thought it was uh, eighty or less. No, you're on the right track. It's just the same merit as VIP. You really want it turn one in your hand. You give yourself a high quantity of it and then loss own it the rest of the game because when are you putting more comfy down after you get to seven, you know? I don't know, man. I just yeah. like here. I don't play Lost <laughs> I don't play Lost on Decks enough to to have answers to questions. So I I'll Justin say, I, I can answer those questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And no, this um, one, uh Prime Catcher is the uh a spec of choice in this deck. And that just makes a whole lot of sense because without rope, you at least want to give yourself one really strong pivot card. And there is no stronger pivot card than this specific one. Well you, and you do have yeah. the tool, the the board. The new skateboard, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was I was gonna say the um the the Missing of the rope is definitely it's it is another switching option in the deck, but like what we my my team my teammates and I that have been playing this version of Lost Zone that or Sables are that we've been playing, we've kind of noticed that rope is good, but it's not insane. Like it's a lot of times you actually the way the format is, you want to hit the things in the active anyways, because that's gonna be their attackers. So switch almost in a sense works better because if you have to play escape rope, now their attackers going to the bench, it's saving it for another turn. Um, say you're like and that's just for the instance like say you're not in sableye range or anything like that so um and you're you say you want to take something out with a roaring moon well switch kind of works better in that instance instead of an escape rope um but yeah the the two count of the board is really good especially on the the comfies for free retreat so you're not having to attach an energy in retreat so you're just saving that attachment for turn um as well as they they make really good uh loss zone uh targets so you use the board, loss zone it away later on. It's just that much easier to get the seven going second. So um, it kind of, in a sense, even though we're, we're missing escape rope and battle VIP pass, it makes it really feel like turbo loss boxes uh, is back on the map. Truthfully. Yeah. I think that in all equations, rope is not super necessary unless you are playing Kyogre. Like you need to run right, at right, right. least a three count of rope in order for Kyogre to really effectively execute its game plan and really put you in checkmate positions. Um, but in, but Kyogre else, rotates. <laughs> Kyogre does rotate, and that's why we probably don't see it in this specific list. And uh, Recycler also rotates too, and that's going to make Kyogre's life really hard oh, yeah. to survive. <laughs> Pending, you know, it doesn't rotate. Uh, sixth place, uh, Hajime uh, Fujiwara playing... Arceus Giratina with uh, Iron Leaves. This might be the only Arceus deck that I'm excited to potentially try um, solely because I am tired of <laughs> Charizard hitting the perfect math every single time. And uh, now I have a Grass Attacker that moves all of the Grass Energy on the field to itself and jets itself into the active when I play it from my hand. And I find that to be very important. Um, it chooses to use the... Um, maximum belt i think that's what it's called yeah um, yeah so that the giratina loss impact can finally hit those unachievable stage two ex numbers and you know giving yourself basically two outs to bop charizard flavored things sign me up i'm all for it i think that that is super sick yeah that's really powerful to be able to just go okay uh star requiem ko next turn Attach maximum belt, lost impact, get rid of two energies. Uh, that's that's two of your Charizards. Uh, in, enjoy losing, I guess. Yeah. Especially because yeah. the you have 280, so you take the first mm -hmm. two prizes. That's not enough to KO your Giratina. And you have that Radiant Gardevoir in here, which is going to reduce damage by your opponent's tax by 20. So Only from V Pokemon. From V Pokemon, yes. right. So, I mean... It's cool against, I guess, opposing Garatinos, which is probably where this came in. Yeah. But if they had the Artino maximum belt, like, but... Yeah, it's supposed to be really good going into this format, so it's specifically, I think, for that matchup. Yeah. I'm actually excited for all Radiants that have abilities because Path is gone, and I feel like Radiant Pokemon like Halucha 
and Gardevoir could potentially see play. Obviously, the meta would have to be, um, you know, moving its way towards using the few VMAX Pokemon uh, to use Hellucha again. But for so long, it was like, uh, if it's not Radiant Greninja, like, why would I play it? Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree. Radiant Charizard, Radiant Greninja, those are like the two, unless you played extremely specific decks, I'm looking at you, Rapid Strike Arshifu. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you have to play two ropes to not get stuck behind an Alakazam while something just stabilized you to death. Yeah, exactly. The uh, one thing I do like about the list, though, like Nick kind of mentioned, is the just the effectiveness into Charizard. Like, you can tell this person, it's like, I'm going to take out Charizard. It's like mentioned, you use a Star Requiem with a belt, or not Star Requiem, um, whatever. Lost no, it is Star impact. Requiem. Lost Impact. Lost Impact. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. With the belt to take one Charizard, Iron Leaves for the other, and then just at the end of the game, you boss up a Pidgeot EX and hit it again with Lost Impact, and you win or the game. Minion or Rotom or whatever they decide to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just very easy two-two-two prize route. So um, deck's definitely built to be super consistent, and even though it's missing Path, um, you know it's still playing the four count of Judge, which is still disruptive, and also again two counts of Eerie. So. Um, Arceus was not the deck I picked to be playing Eerie's, but so far both decks have played Eerie in it. And can we not forget about the TM de-evolution, which is yeah. pretty nice. You hit into something with your Arceus, like that Pidgeot or something, and uh, you know, which Arceus is great to knock out Lumineons and Rotoms and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you could still use that TM de-evolution to just deal with Charizards in this maybe a different fashion. You, they use a couple of their uh, candies, and now you hit them with a Judge, TMD Evolution. It's not a, not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to go. Not at all. And playing around that means you don't get Iono to a, a really low hand because you're not taking knockouts every turn worth multiple prizes. Yeah. And that also means Charizard's not hitting you for maximum damage too. It's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Yep, good stuff, good stuff. Now let's talk about some new archetypes that aren't just old cards with new things. First, we're going to talk about the Ancient Box, uh, piloted by Naoto Takahashi. And this one just screams like a Nick deck to me because it just has a bunch of baby ancient Pokemon. And it's a very consistent list. Now, as much as I love this, I think we all know that I would not play something like this. Correct. You do not have the time to give up one prize for six days. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is 100% it. I don't have the time or patience for these one prize decks. Give me my big two prizes. Win fast, lose fast. Let's go get some pizza, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but it does look really cool. I love I love the ancient box type of decks. So I'm, I'm a big fan. I just... I just I want to play as many games as I can as quickly as I can, and that's I don't want to play one really <laughs> long game of Pokemon. That's why I don't play Guard of War. I don't play Lost Zone. I I I play Wrong Moon. Get me in, right. and let's you know, let's go hang out. Let's go do something else. Right. All right. So for the listeners back home, this deck plays four of the ancient Coridon, not Rollbox. Four of the Ancient Roaring Moon, non-rule box. Three of the Fluttermane um, that shuts off the ability of the Pokemon in the active and uh, does a little bit of bench sniping. And then it plays a one of, I think that one's called Great Tusk. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Great Tusk. Uh, all of these Pokemon are ancient, which means they can all be accelerated too by uh, Professor Sada. And they can all become very good targets for the ancient booster capsule, increasing these baby Pokemon HP above that weird Arceus range that, you know, with the DTE, it really can't knock it out, which is super unfortunate. Uh, Crydon, if I'm not mistaken, does X amount of damage for every ancient Pokemon in play. And Roaring Moon does X amount of damage for every uh, ancient card in the discard pile. Yeah. Yes. Ancient yep. card, not ancient Pokemon. Yeah. So the Professor Status Vita- uh, Vitality, your Earthen Vessels, um, your capsules, capsules whatever, yeah. all of those count towards stacking damage with the Roaring Moon, which is really cool. 
Yeah, and that's uh, that other supporter too. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. Uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, Explorer's Guidance. Look at the top six cards of your deck and put two of them into your hand. Discard the other cards. Um, so you can very um, quickly and efficiently discard a bunch of ancient cards into the discard pile if you have something resembling game on hand, of course. You don't want to just like do that as is. Um, the one of Great Tusk is in here specifically because it mills your opponent. And as a yeah. late game ground collapse, discard the top card of your opponent's deck. And if you played an ancient supporter, which you play eight of in this deck, um, you discard three more cards. And because your opponent does have to take six individual prizes on six different turns, because not a lot of these have a low enough range to really get bodied by things like Radiant Greninja and Urshifu's out of the format... Um, you might not have enough resources to stay in a, an effective game plan against a deck like this, so that one of Great Tusk is just going to kind of put a lot of pressure on you. And even if they do it when you have like three prizes left to take, that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on you to try to deal with the things that are on the board. Um, Great Tusk having 140 HP, you put a booster capsule on it, it makes it 200 HP. That is bananas yeah it's um, um this deck just seems cool seems very fun to play very item heavy um so you do have a tendency to play out your entire hand uh but it does play the uh, awakening drum that lets you draw and uh what is it draw a card for each ancient pokemon you have in play yeah which is bananas so if radiant greninja is down you draw five cards as an item card yeah yep you're just gonna churn resources and sada lets you draw three after you accelerate two energies, Greninja, discard an energy, draw two. You're looking at mm -hmm. ten cards plus your top deck. Yeah, it's it's bananas. It seems super efficient. It looks really annoying to play against just because those HP thresholds um, are just too, too high. And on the reverse side of that coin, uh, 14th place, uh, Ryoma Ichihari, or Hara, uh, played the Future Box which is four iron hands, three of the iron crown, and was it two of the new Maridon? And new Maridon is super duper effective right now because of accelerating peak. It does 40 damage for a single colorless, and you search your deck for up to two basic energy cards and attach them to your future Pokemon in any way you like, and then shuffle your deck. Uh, it has 110 HP, so it's not quite as thick as the ancient Pokemon are, uh, but it does a little bit of damage and it gets energy out of the deck helping you set up iron hands and basically it's a very similar game plan to what uh the ancient box is kind of going for um other than using single prizers throughout the whole thing it's very item driven it has a self-sustaining engine with uh the the future booster capsule uh giving everything everything three free retreat plus 20 damage you have the future radar thing that lets you get two future pokemon out of the field when you discard a card from your hand four electric generators to help set up iron hands that much quicker uh the deck is cool and the iron crown allowing your future pokemon to do uh 20 more damage and it's a stackable effect is kind of bananas yeah it's a lot yeah I was gonna say, and like the the Iron Crowns too, adding damage to that Maridon, so you could potentially be taking a knockout while also accelerating accelerating those energies. Because say you go up against something like a Lost Box, and you have two of those Iron Crown downs on going second. I mean, you're it, 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 the strategy is really strong, honestly. Um, and one of the things I love about the list is how small the list is. Like it's so yeah. consistent with like four, 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 four. Um, I mean, it's it's really cool. Like we, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of decks like this in a while. They've been so kind of teched out for every situation, and this one just has its game plan and goes. Like, it's it's really cool. And this, the Iron Hands now does exactly what we feared it would, and it's one of the reasons we might yeah. we, we start to see um, Arceus Bibrel start to be pretty popular instead of things like Arceus Pidgeot because. The uh, Ampy very much does, what is it, 120, right? It's 120 base. One, yeah. 120 base. So on a lightning weak Pokemon like Lugia or Pidgeot that have 280 health, you're only doing 240. You're like, all right, cool. You're not getting those three prizes, 
but that Iron Crowning X says your your future Pokemon do 20 more damage. So now you're hitting 140 base. And now you're doing 280 with weakness, which is exactly Pidgeot and Lugia V-Star numbers. You also have the uh, future booster capsule, which does 20 more damage. So now that mm-hmm. that's hitting 160, which even on something that isn't uh, weak to lightning, you're still hitting 160. That's really good. Yeah. So it's uh, Iron Hands is about to hit those numbers that everyone didn't want it to hit. <laughs> yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah. Which, what I would uh, like one... to see in this list. Oh, well, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say what what's wild about that though is we don't see any boss in the list. Like we see four counter catchers, but like it's so kind of turbo. You would think that boss would just make sense, so you can just go take two, three prizes back to back or something like that. And that's the one weird thing. I didn't know if that's what you were about to say, but. I just noticed that as we were talking about it. No, what I wanted to mention, the fact that uh, Iron Crown has such a cool attack, and it's something that I have personally never seen in the TCG before. Um, Twin Shottles, I'm sure it'll translate differently when it gets over here. Um, But for one Psychic and two Colorless, this attack does 50 damage to two of your opponent's Pokemon. This attack's damage isn't affected by weakness or resistance by any effects on those Pokemon. I understand that that is not the focal point to make this card an attacker, but I feel like a one of psychic energy, especially since you can recycle it back in with the future pod gas station looking a spec that's specific for future type Pokemon. Um, Being able to turn that into an effective attacker might not be the worst possible thing for this specific arc. It could also be cool to soften something up for iron hands. Um, to ensure you get those two or three prizes, depending on what you're knocking out. Kind of cool. Um, I think that's not a not a bad idea at all, especially because Iron Hands, need to Ampy very much, just needs a single lightning energy. So, like, it's not hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that being the case. You have a lot of lightning energy in this deck. You have 13 of them. You can probably drop to 12. Yeah, or- or something. I don't know. Or I get rid of one of the gift it, energies. But this will definitely be something that I do want to play, though. Uh, maybe not so Iron Hands heavy, but I like the concept of right on just being able to stack a bunch of energy on the plethora of future type attackers that we have now and just kind of swing for the fences. Can we please talk about some of these other new cards that were just revealed? Because there's one of them I can't wait. To talk about, I know you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> Nothing else matters. It's clearly, Scream Tail EX, right? Oh hell yeah! You know it. You know it. <laughs> All right, talk about your bear. <laughs> so if if you have not played the poke the uh, Scarlet and Violet video game, especially if you haven't played the DLC, you might not know that this Pokemon exists, but it does, and it's called Blood Moon Ursaluna, and it's a badass Pokemon. If you if you have not seen it, please Google image this Pokemon. It's so cool. And it's a really big, scary bear. I love it. It's a basic EX. It's a normal type. So it is weak to fighting, which is a little lame, but whatever. Uh, it, they could have given it fighting type because it is ground fighting, uh, ground normal. So, but anyway, it has an ability. Veteran's Technique. This Pokemon's attacks cost one call as less for each prize card your opponent has taken. And it has an attack, Blood Moon, which is Blood Moon Ursaluna's signature move. So I wouldn't be surprised if it stays that. Um, and it's for five colorless energies. Does 240 damage during your next turn. This Pokemon can attack. It's Radiant Charizard, but it does 10 less damage. And now it's an EX with a lot more health. And it can use Maximum Belt and hit Redonkulous. And it'll mouse. hit 290 with that Maximum Belt, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. It can fit into uh, Lugia so easily. Your, you know, your colorless energy, so you can power it up. You can get four energies on this thing, and then attach for turn, and you can hit for two forty. Literally, the turn you put it into play, assuming you don't have any, your opponent hasn't taken any prizes, where now you can reduce the attack cost. But can you imagine throwing this thing into play and just attaching a single energy and hitting for two forty? It fits into anything. It fits into anything mm. because of the ability. And path is gone, so you don't have to be like, well, I guess I can't use this. 
like it's <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so, I'm so excited for Lugia Bear. Do you want to know exactly where my mind went the first time I saw this me? card? Yeah. Uh, no, me. That was. No, do you do you want to know? No, yes. That's my answer. Me. Yeah, you. Do you want to know? No, I didn't think of <laughs> I thought of Forestress EX. Why would I wait till the end of the game to hit 240 when I could do it on the first turn of the game, pop two Forestress, Iono them for taking four prizes, and then this is loaded up. I hit 240, knock out whatever's in the active. You have a two-card hand. It's a little... Now get through my bear. It's a little scary <laughs> because it can't attack it's so on scary. the next turn. Uh, and we don't have escape rope, but you can switch cart this thing. You can regular switch. Um, it, you can jet you can energy. Jet energy. Can yeah, there's there's ways we can deal with it uh, as, as like the secondary effect of the attack. So I'm not terribly worried about it, but I'm not. I think Fortress is good. I think a lot of Cute. people kind of thought that idea, but I just I don't love the idea of it. No, it's scary. It's, you know, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage giving up two prize cards because you're popping an EX, right? But it's just funny that you could have a turn one or turn two. Yeah, because you can't evolve the first turn. 240 attacker, and there's so many big basics in the format right yeah, now but that might not be able to recover from a decent Iono slash Blood Moon knockout. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one thing that, that I've heard, like, rumblings of talking with two depending on like what a spec you're wanting to run but you can also run this with the the cape that gives it an extra 100 hp so you could actually put this down uh with a double turbo on it and have a cape and even though you're only hitting for 220 uh you're swinging a turn earlier and now you have a basic at 360 hp so it kind of puts your opponent in an awkward situation so you're still knocking out those basic v's um and some of those basic ex's and stuff like that with having a wall in the active that just hits huge numbers. So um, just a, an idea there as well, too. Oh, we got our, our Superman bear. Super bear. Superman bear. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's cool. Um, and I like, obviously, because it's not like a future or ancient Pokemon, um, that we're still getting powerful cards outside of that, um, the archetypes that they're trying to feed. Yes, this is... It's it's neither ancient or future. It's just a variant of the regular uh, Hisuian Ursuluna, which is technically ancient since it's Hisui, but not mm. the same kind of ancient. It gets weird, but um, yeah, this weird. Uh, it's got a laser beam eye. So it's not a laser beam eye. It's it, it, canonically in the video game. If you if you haven't played uh, Blood Moon, it's a normal type attack, um, but. The ability of Ursaluna is Mind's Eye, and you can hit Ghost-type Pokemon with your normal-type attacks. Ooh. Yeah, and it has and it, it does more than that as well. It's like it's a really strong ability. Um, that is a strong ability. You know what I like more than strong abilities? My opponents having no abilities. Iron Thorns EX 230 <laughs> HP. Wow. <laughs> lightning type Pokemon. <laughs> wow. He's like, and we're with done the, with the bear. <laughs> with the ability. Of, I have to stop him somewhere or else we're going to go down the VGC train for a while. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as I like playing the video game, my brain turns to mush once he starts using the statistics. Um, Iron Thorns EX, lightning type Pokemon, 230 HP. Definitely something to take into consideration here when you're trying to build decks because 230 is a really fun hp to have it's just out of that range for so many things uh initialize as long as this pokemon is in the active spot with um pokemon with a rule box um have no abilities except any future pokemon and for one lightning and two colorless it does bolt cyclone for 140 damage you move an energy from this pokemon to one of your bench pokemon weak to fighting a unfortunate four retreat cost uh, but it's Empoleon, but just so, so much better. It's so good. Shutting off all Roblox Pokemon abilities. I love it. You love to see it. Yeah, it is It is cool that it's, it's not basic Pokemon like Empoleon. Uh, it does think that it has to be in the active and it doesn't have a very good attack. 140 is still decent. You can power it up with the electric generator. Cool. Actually, you can knock out Pidgey. You kind of can't actually if it's in the active because electric generator goes to the bench. Like that's 
a thing, uh, but you can pack, you know, power a electric generator to it, jet energy, mm-hmm. and now whatever. Um, I don't. I think it's cool. Maybe some decks will run it as a one of if they're already playing lightning energies and and. But I don't. I don't know who plays this specifically for the ability. I just with a four retreat cost and I, I don't know. It just seems. Uh, I, I think I like it in a variant of Future Box where you can just kind of leave it in the active. You could send an energy back to Iron Hands every single turn um, if you elect to do so. You can accelerate energy to it with the Future Gas Pump uh, A-Spec card. Um, so it's just... Yeah, it, it's in those it's kind of decks. And it's disruptive. In those decks, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, and we do have the Heavy Baton too to, to move energies as well if something gets knocked out. And the Future boxes run the um future boost to capsule energy which gives it a free retreat so yeah. like whatever the, that four retreat cost doesn't matter in those decks i just mean outside of like a deck that runs an iron hands mm-hmm. or a, a spe- like explicitly future box type of deck i don't know that like charizard plays this you know something oh. whatever who gear giratina arceus you know, pick, pick a non-future deck or non-lightning type deck, and I don't see it being used. So I'm not super worried about right. it. Uh, there's a lot of cards that still need to be like released for there to be any like other kind of engine for this to fit its way yeah. into. Um, I mean, I like it because, you know, if I'm... I, not that I think Maridon is all of a sudden going to be relevant again because of a card like this, but being able to synergize hit a relevant number um, in terms of knocking out things like Lugia and um, Pidgeot. It's definitely something to take into consideration because if my opponent can get Charizard set up all day long, but if they have to hand attach those two energies, as opposed to using their wonderful ability because it's a rule box, this is just, this is sick. Like I, we're losing path. So we need something disruptive like this. Don't need it, but um, decks do need it to survive. And uh, this definitely is something that I'm very excited about. And then there's Screen Tail. <laughs> <laughs> so 190 HP, Psychic type Pokemon. It is of the ancient uh, variety. Uh, Shriek. You can use this attack only if you go second, and only on your first turn during your opponent's next turn, they can't play any supporter from their hand. And then for one psychic and two colorless, it does crunch for 120, which is not a super relevant number to hit because there's nothing psychic weak that's like 240 that's super relevant right now. And then you discard an energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. That's nice. Um, but it's not going to set this card apart from anything else in the format in terms of basic psychic attackers. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that great. Like, you could even try to justify Shriek in some kind of stall or disruption mm-hmm. build, but even then, you're putting two prize active that's only, you know, worthwhile on the very first turn going second. So I just I don't think it's going to see any play whatsoever, unfortunately. No, neither do I. Um, and then Enhanced Hammer is getting reprinted. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm happy about that. <laughs> you just discard a special energy from attached <clears throat> to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Um, I would have liked this to come back instead of like Drapion or like Spiritomb, <laughs> like much, much earlier, but um, you, we got it now. Um, if you have the gold ones from um, Days of Late, congrats. Um, I heard you hit the gold mine, especially if you tried to sell them, because they sold completely out on uh, TCG Player the night that the, and, uh, this was leaked. Yeah, and eBay and Troll and Toad and all those other sites. Like, I saw people posting there, like scored, you know, bought four of them or whatever for actual retail. Mm. But yeah, it's um, wild. If, I, I just I don't think that there is a good enough special energy in the format right now to where enhance hammer super necessary to play but who knows maybe there will be or maybe you know lugia will just start running rampant and people will think the four of these will save them it won't yeah it, it won't in lugia specifically the the only deck that i think that really like will 
benefit from this card, right? At least right now, you know, not knowing what else is in this set is um, something like Roaring Moon, because with that mist energy that just came, is coming out in our more recent set um, that pretty much shuts off Roaring Moon's auto knockout attack. Um, if they throw some enhanced hammers in their list, they'll be able to discard that energy and then frenzy gouging to auto knock out a Pokemon. So I think that's really where the home of enhanced hammer lies currently, but you never know. We might get some, might get some really cool energies coming up here in the near future. Um, especially whenever, usually I feel like when they print something like enhanced hammer, that's when special energies start flooding the game again. So we'll see. Yeah. I really thought that we were going to get a special and future special energy, um, soon. So maybe this is like foreshadowing for that specific instance. That would be kind of yeah, cool. very well could be. Be kind of cool. I think it would be cool. I I like when archetypes have things specific to their kind of domain. So maybe enhanced hammer coming out is their way of saying that these energies are going to be incredibly powerful. I I love special energies. I think they they add a lot of. Uh, excitement to the game that they, they, you know, I also play a lot of decks that use special energy. So maybe I am a little biased towards it between things like Lugia and Urshifu and stuff like that. So I like special energies. I like cards that have additional effects or let me do cool things. Um, so yeah, it might be a little bit of foreshadowing of what's to come. Uh, obviously I'm not a big fan of enhanced hammer, crushing hammers, things like that, because mm-hmm. I play special energy. So, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. I'm not, <laughs> not really en- going to enjoy that, but you know, hopefully it's, um, it's one of those things that if we do get those really cool special energies, like the future ancient, then all the Lugias mm-hmm. and missed energies and that kind of stuff just kind of get caught in the crossfire. And it's like, they're mm-hmm. not, no one's playing enhanced hammer for Lugia, but it's not going to hurt to use it because they're all special energy. So that that's uh, something I'm not looking forward to. Right. Yeah. And Justin, on your note of the roaring moon, maybe being a home for it. Um, have you, have you played like the turbo roaring moon at all? No, but I've played against it enough to know that I'm with my deck. I it's mid. Um, it's so, good, but it's I mid. Mean, it's it's so, it's so good. No, it it what it does is it just it knocks out everything that's in the active. That's all that deck gets to do. But the hands are atrocious. And if I tried to make space for four enhanced hammers and I was playing against something that didn't use special energy, um, I would be wishing that I didn't play enhanced hammer. So um, maybe as like a forest seal zone, like searchable one or two of for that. Well, and that's what I meant. Like here and there. Yeah, two of them for sure. Not not a four count, but maybe two. That's one. I wouldn't say one just because in case you prize it, but two for sure. And yeah, just so you can find them off four seal stones and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like Ross Coffin will probably find like a methodical way to plug Enhance Hammer into Roaring Moon, but that's um, that's about the extent of it. But Unfair Stamp is a new AA spec card. Um, that's going to be released along this uh, alongside this set that's called what uh, Twilight Masquerade. Uh, this a spec is insane. Uh, you could play this card only if one of your Pokemon was knocked out during your opponent's last turn. Each player shuffles their hand into their deck. You drop five. Your opponent draws two. It's an item card. You can play it if you get knocked out as early as turn one, and your opponent has to crawl back from a two card hand granted they are in a plus one prize card position however if there is no rebuttal this unfair stamp can feel very unfair immediate thoughts on this card i think it's unfair as the name implies it's good it's it's strong it does have that caveat of you you can't play it unless something was knocked out so you know i don't want to say there's some room for playing around it because eventually you have to start taking prize cards but if you have a strong enough board before you start to take those knockouts um, you got your b-brill you have your radiant greninja you have like some way like mysterious tail mew and not the mysterious tail mew the mew ex like there are ways that decks can draw cards so uh i don't i don't think it's gonna be 
super crazy. I don't think it's going to be like this incredibly broken card. And then you do have to choose between this and Prime Catcher. So, you know, you can't have both of them. So I, I actually kind of like that there's another really powerful ace spec that people might be a little torn between uh, Prime Catcher and this. So be interesting to see how it shakes up. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode where there are there aren't specific decks or archetypes that want to make use of an ace spec more than others. So it'd be very interesting to see which ones that are currently using Prime Catcher start to switch over to Unfair Stamp. And that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in is, is those minor shifts in the meta uh, and like, you know, common counts for decks. So I think it'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Justin, have you ever been Roxanne and lose the game because the hand you got was unplayable. Now imagine getting that on turn your second turn of the game, and then you they know. boss up KO your beaver. Oh yeah, that would, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, so because that's they can the, do uh, both in one turn. That's the only exactly. So that's the only downside of this card um, is you know Roxanne. You can do this, and then later in the game also Roxanne. So you have multiple forms of disruption now. Um, I do like it because it makes you think about like when you're going to take knockouts and are you set up enough? Um, it was kind of like the whole reset stamp uh, situation back in the day was, did you really want to go down to prize one prize card or did you, you want to set yourself up later on in the game to, you know, already be set up. So a stamp didn't affect you. So it'll make players think about how they play a little bit more. Um, it's just yeah that's realistically that's that's the craziness of it um roaring moon if everyone anyone ever decides to go back to the dark ride builds um dark ride v-star can get this back technically with its v-star yep. ability so um it is something that's also arvin searchable so you could literally arvin for a forest heal stone and this so you could literally attach the forest heal stone unfair stamp and then if you whiff what you need to continue playing the game then you just use the forest heal stone so it's great off of Arvin target. So it is a really cool, um, really game altering card, but it, it, it makes, they like said, it makes you as a player think about before you take a knockout, are, are you prepared for a potential unfair stamp or not? And I kind of like that, like uh, mental gameplay in Pokemon. So it's cool that they're bringing stuff like that back. I mean, yes, it can be like, it says unfair, but um it just depends. You set yourself up for it or not. Yeah. Um, I think it's incredibly powerful. You guys definitely took all the words out of my mouth. Um, I love the fact that you do have to play a little bit more methodically. Not, um, I don't have a very good hand, but I'm still going to knock out with this comfy or not with this comfy with a Cramorant just because I want to take prize cards. Um, you'll have an even worse hand when it goes down to two. So um, it, makes players play a little bit more methodically. Um, but the unknown aspect about it, and you kind of touched on this briefly, Nick, um, with Aspex being a one of card that don't necessarily pertain to a specific archetype, but there's trends on which decks are playing which Aspex. And now with a more diverse Aspex pool, you'll never really know if you're um, about to get, you know, unfair stamped or if your opponent's playing Master Ball, or if late game there's going to be a Blood Moon Ursaluna with a cape on it. And I think that that's a really cool unknown aspect that they've added to the game. Um, just giving you catalyst cards like this that can just really shift the way that your game plan has to alter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Until yeah, we get of, like a best of threes, card. though. <laughs> And until we get an ace bet card that says, look at your opponent's entire deck and prize cards to see which ace bet <laughs> they're playing. <laughs> like your opponent has to go into their deck, find the ace bet card, show it to you and shuffle it back in. Um, you know, I think that this is just going to be a fun part of the game for a while. Yep. And one that I'm not looking forward to. I like knowing things. Well, you'll know which one. I'll know which playing. one I'm playing. That is correct. And you'll have gift energy. So why would you worry about it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine an, an ace spec card that says your opponent can't play an ace spec card? Like, remember we had GX attacks back in the day that did that? It was like, your GX Latios. attack was saying... Yeah, yeah, I was like, your your opponent <laughs> can't use a GX attack. This is like, can you imagine, here's my ace spec card that says you can't play an ace spec card. 
Yeah, that's like when I was playing uh, Dragon Mewtwo, and I was like, yeah, this is such a cool uh, GX attack. But then for the rest of the game, you're like, man, I really would have won had I used XYZ GX attack versus Latios. (laughs) Like, cool, my opponent didn't take extra prize cards the whole game and didn't do 30 extra damage, but at what cost? (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are all the super notable new cards that are coming out soon. Um, they're a part of Twilight Masquerade. I anticipate us seeing a lot more new ones pretty soon here. Uh, so we'll move on to the news. Um, EUIC regs are upon us. Um, EUIC player registration will be divided into two waves at the following times. Uh, wave one, February 22nd at 7 p.m. Um, Great Britain time, which is 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And wave two is February 23rd at 9 a.m and 1 a.m pacific standard time so that's like tomorrow so if you're going to euic set your alarms yeah couldn't convince the wife unfortunately rip um and then we're just gonna cut straight over into the patreon discord updates uh pcs locals will start back up the first week of march uh please reach out in the discord or on our twitter if there are any specific days that work for um, the players that currently reside in our Discord because I'd like to get those back up and running as soon as possible and any heads up I can give my wife slash baby mama would be really, really cool. Uh, we did have to cancel the PCS Super Bowl that was going to take place not, well, yes, last weekend. Um, there just weren't enough players to just reasonably start a tournament, especially one that consisted of a top cut. So, um, scheduling issues just kind of happened and we will find another time to host that event um, at a later date and i will announce it here and in the discord as well um utrecht is happening this weekend yeah cool um they're still in the same (laughs) crappy format and chen pao finally won something so i could stop picking that deck (laughs) you were right finally took 10 times but you were right I, I did, you know, a broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day. Never lost faith. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's not U.S. based, so obviously Kyogre is not going to win it. So, anyone have any just straight up deck predictions for what's going Wrong to win? That I mean, it's a yep. strong contender considering where the state of the game is right now. Justin. Roaring mid. <laughs> wow. I'm going to burn. <laughs> Nick sitting over here like, how long did you think of that one? <laughs> Twitter told me to call it that. No. Um, uh, this, that's a good question. Roaring Moon actually is really good right now. I just, I'm a hater. Um, I think either Gardevoir or some Lost Box variant is going to win. Yeah. Because nice. if Roaring Moon is like really up there, I think both of those have really good matchups in Roaring Moon. So, Yeah, it's that whole take one prize six turns in a row type of deal that unfortunately yeah, and, catches and up to them. Make them have to you know damage themselves just to take a knockout so then it's easy to knock them back out and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could pour my faith back into Chen Pao, but I think I'm kind of done picking that. It seems repetitive and I can only be wrong so many times before it starts to hurt my pride. Um, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll put my faith in block lax. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just a little different. See not not horrible either. Yeah. I mean, I, when I went back to locals on Saturday, I got to watch my friend teammate, Jose play block lax because he saw that all the Mew was in the field and he ran the tables all night long and watching him play gives me so much faith in that miserable experience of a deck. And <laughs> I think that <laughs> wait, is, is this the last European regional in this format? Uh, it's, I mean, technically Utrecht is a special event, so it's not even a regional or special event or event in this format. I do believe it is. So Mew then, God, they all <laughs> yeah, love I mean, Mew over there. It, it, they do. You can't, yeah. can't deny it. I'll just say um, it's and if it's the last one. People are gonna definitely play it. 
because it's going bye-bye. So I, I'm going to change my answer to Mew just purely based on that. It's, I mean, you just can't, you can't knock it. They love Mew. I can knock there. it and it's I will. EU VMAX. <laughs> well, it's, it's not necessarily that they love it over there. It's just no one texts for it. There's no Drapion. There's no Spear Tombs. Like, no they one ever texts for it. They didn't print those two cards over in the UK. Right. They're, they're English release only. <laughs> <laughs> Even though most of their cards are in English anyways. Sorry, um, Ameri- American release only. <laughs> they were American print only. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Uh, that just about does it for the show. I know it was a short one this week, but it's nice to it's nice to look into another format, even because this one that we're currently in is just so miserably stale. I feel like, um, Justin, go ahead and plug the show, my friend. Yeah, um, I'll make it short. If you guys want to find me, Instagram uh, is Pokebrews, Twitter Pokebrews TCG, both places you can find the links for all my stuff especially the TCG player store that things been keeping me busy. So thank you guys for supporting. Um, you can also check out the uh, merchandise we have on bonfire.com as well as the Patreon uh, link is on there as well. And on to you, Drew, cause I don't want to stop talking because my throat hurts. No, you're good. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram or Twitter, I'm a Katana TCG. All of my decks are posted on pkmn.gg slash u slash Katana TCG. Uh, doesn't get updated very frequently because, like I had mentioned before, this format is not incredibly diverse or exciting. And that is it for me. On to you, Mr. Dojo. Dark Red Dojo. Whatever site you use, that's it's that easy. Is that right on? Yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> and uh, we'll see y'all after you check. Later. Bye bye. <laughs>